This is episode 124, YouTube and Speech Therapy, featuring Hallie Sherman. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Maria, and Deb is home taking care of her newborn baby, baby Benjamin. So hello to Deb and to baby Benjamin from home. But Deb is on the podcast still. She pre-recorded a whole bunch of interviews. So luckily for all of us, we still get to hear Deb's lovely voice. So Deb interviews Hallie Sherman from Speech Time Fun, and it's a crossover episode. So the interview is also on Hallie's podcast. And they're going to talk about YouTube and speech therapy. So it's a really great interview. I think Hallie gives some really nice practical tips on how to use YouTube. And uh, honestly, some things that I never even thought of. So thank you, Hallie, for sharing all that information. So I myself have definitely used YouTube and still do use YouTube for my sessions. Now I am fully in person, no more remote sessions. So back to in person. But when I was using teletherapy, I 100% used YouTube. I used it not only, excuse me. Oh, by the way, I'm drinking water today. It's hot in New York City. It's 90 degree weather. I spent all the time walking around grounds for sculpture, which I posted some pictures on the story. But I'm just sticking with water for today. So anywho. I was saying about YouTube. So I have definitely used YouTube before, not only as a reward, but for my lessons. I have found a couple of great videos with different characters that the kids like, and they usually it's child-centered. So I'll have the ca- the children pick what they want to watch, and then, of course, I'll stop and I'll ask who and what questions. And, of course, I have my visuals with me, even remotely, And I also had a student clinician and she had visuals too. Um, We also worked on phrases. What do you see? I see a, and then whatever they found, you know, on the video for one of my students, he loved the Lion King. So we did that a lot and we would sing Hakuna Matata or whatever song he was into. And I would stop it and then ask him, what do you see? And then if he was unable to answer that, I would model it first. And what I liked about that, it was open-ended. There was a lot of things happening in the video. So there was a lot of possible answers that he could answer of what he sees. But I'll let Hallie talk more about YouTube. I wanted to talk about the prompt A to Z that I've been partaking in on Instagram And uh, today I posted about two posts today. I was overzealous, you know, V for the vertical plane. And for people who aren't trained in prompt, you know, even the intro course, you might be like, what the vertical plane? What that pretty much means is looking at the client's jaw. How does it open? How does it close? Is it open really wide and then can't come back up? For example, like in the word like up. So for a client like that, you want to give them words that have the back vowels so that their mouth has the chance, their jaw has the chance to open and then close. So for example, a word like hop, pop, mom, bop, you could bop 
thing. So when you think about what is your jaw doing when you're saying those words? Oh, that's right. It opens and then closes. And you could provide, you know, prompts, tactile cues to help show them what their jaw is doing and also verbally tell them, oh, that was too big. Like if they're saying the word hop and they're just dropping their jaw open, then you can verbally cue them. That's too big. So the amount of jaw opening is two of the client's fingers. So the pointer in the middle are up and down. That's horizontally, nope, vertically in their mouth. So it looks like you're, they're putting like two fingers in their mouth. That's as big or as wide as their mouth should be opening. So it's like all the way dropping their mouth, which I have seen a lot of kids do that. That is a common motor speech pattern. So you would work in the vertical plane. You would work on opening and close with proper jaw grating because we don't want our jaws to just go from open to close, right? Some other vowels like the aw is a slightly open, but not totally as open as in like ah, like in hop. So just some fun stuff. So I'm just going to give a shout out to my prompting friends, Mrs. McSpeechy, The Speak Boutique, Speech It, Speech with G, Fun to Talk SLP, and Midtown Speech NYC. So uh, shout out to them. And it's been fun. It's really been forcing me to really look at my practice and make it fun too. post something fun about it. And that's what I love about the SLP community. We like to have fun, man. We like to party. That's what I got to say about us. So speaking of partying, I'm going to stop here and let Deb and Hallie take on over where they're going to talk about using YouTube and speech therapy. Ciao. Hi, and welcome to another episode of SLP's Wine and Cheese. I'm Deb. What is it, Hallie? What did you do? (laughs) I I had to ask permission. Oh, okay. (laughs) What happened? How, it doesn't pop. Well, I can send you the file. Okay, done. Okay. Yeah. Because nothing popped up that said. I don't know. It's a request permission. Okay, sorry. Okay. Well, good. Well, just to let you all know, this is a crossover episode. <laughs> this is going to be SLP's Wine and Cheese and Coffee Talk with Hallie Sherman's Speech Time Fun. <laughs> <laughs> I raised my hand to chat. <laughs> yeah, because I saw your face and I'm like, you just told me to say this. <laughs> and I was like, I, I wanted to hit record on my end. And I, I couldn't. I needed permission. Like I was asking the teacher. <laughs> well, this is a better intro anyway. Here we are. <laughs> we are just two New York SLPs meeting virtually on Zoom to chat about using YouTube in speech therapy. Uh, yeah. So are you virtual or are you in person? I am in person. I am in person, hundred percent in person, except about 25% of my case would opted to be fully virtual. So I have like one group a day and my all day Friday is virtual. So I have a little bit of both, but the majority is in person, but even in person, I'm doing socially distanced therapy. So I've been using digital resources, technology, Paper free is the way to be. So I love it. Yes, absolutely. So when you do your virtuals, you're still in your school or are you doing that from home? That's in my school. In your school. The only time I did it from home was when I was quarantined. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's so wild. I never went back to my school since March 12th 
at all. So all my stuff is just still there. I don't even it, want it back. It it seriously is like like a a time warp. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then it's just like, what would I do with all that stuff now? I've, we've all, I've all, I've done this whole time without all these physical things that digital is just, it's better for the environment. It's better for your just like mental clarity in general. Um, it's just, it's just easier. So what have you done to like cut down on planning as you balance like the virtual and in-person? I find it's the easiest to use as few materials as possible and try to take whatever activities I'm doing and do it with as many groups as possible, Mm -hmm. including virtual or in person. So what, so if I'm taking like a YouTube video, I'm going to do that video all week long, whether I'm working on main idea, whether I'm working on summarizing, whether I'm working on articulation, virtually or in person, I, all I need to do is just pull up the YouTube video, pull up Edpuzzle and boom, I'm ready. That's all I needed and have my like cheat sheet of questions. Perfect. Are you a CF supervisor or have you, have you done? I did graduate students. Yes. You do graduates. Cause I have, I've been a CF supervisor for years and I feel like something I'm always trying to tell them. I'm like, you are doing too much. This is, you do not need all these different things every single time. We mm-hmm. can use this one thing for very many goals. So I feel like you would just excel at just conveying that to clinical fellows. I tell my grad students day one, I go, I am not going to be impressed with you over planning. Mm-mm. Like that's not the way that's not real life. That might be what you had to do in the in-house clinic is have a brand new lesson and lesson plan and materials for each individual session. I go, but you're going to burn out. You have yeah. to use one material and think of it as many goals as possible. Cause also majority of our sessions are mixed groups. So you have students working on various goals. So you need to be able to adapt what you have. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you, you said that I was going to ask you next, how do you use YouTube in speech therapy? And then you also brought up Edboard. So before you tell me about YouTube, tell me about what that is. What's Ed? So Ed, uh, so Ed puzzle is a free, it's a free website through Uh YouTube. All you need is like a YouTube all you need is um, a Gmail, Google account. Okay. Um, I think you have to verify that you work in a school, but I think any Gmail account honestly works. Okay. And it allows you to, you can search through Edpuzzle for videos already in, brought in there and saved and already have questions embedded, ready to go. Oh. Or, or you can search YouTube and edit and create your own like, quizzes kind of thing. So I know a lot of teachers right now that are teaching virtually are using this as like homework and having students be able to do work. I honestly love using it as just a platform so that I can save my questions and right. do it once and never have to do it again. Like I don't have to remember at one minute and 35 seconds is a great opportunity to work on an R word. Like instead right. I can, you know, po- have, it'll pause it on its own. A, a prompt will pop up saying, say, you know, rabbit, five times with a good R sound or use rabbit in a sentence or, or right. use some random tier two vocabulary word in, you know, whatever to describe goal, that rabbit, whatever goal I'm working on, it will just pause the video for me, uh-huh. pop up that prompt question. You can do multiple choice questions. You can do open-ended and it really just saves so much time. And this way you can focus on the students in front of you instead of like thinking about at minute 35, I need to pause and what right. if you didn't. Wow. That's life-changing. Didn't even mm-hmm. see that one coming. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well done. Thank you. <laughs> Did I mention it's free? Like- <laughs> free. 
<laughs> and it's really cool. And there's actually a, a Edpuzzle Chrome extension. So say you can't find, you found like this great YouTube clip, say using some Fuller House, you know, or a Big Bang Theory clip and mm-hmm. it's not on Edpuzzle. You're like, oh man, no SLP has done this before. What's wrong with them? <laughs> All you have to do is if you have the Chrome extension, uh-huh. you open up YouTube on your Chrome browser, click the button that will automatically pop up. If you have that Chrome browser, the Chrome extension, it'll say like the Edpuzzle, like somewhere below the video, you push that button. Next thing you know, it's now an Edpuzzle. It is the coolest thing ever. Wow. Yeah. I can't believe I only have two more weeks of work left. And now I just know about this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, life, life-changing, life-changing. Well, it it'll really, make those two yeah. weeks easier. So thank you. Yeah, like I said, you're going to do the same video, make like four different versions of questions and, mm-hmm. and you're going to just press play because you're going to be super pregnant and yeah. really happy to not have to think. <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, I'm going to ask you, but first, before I forget, so I, um, lately this week I've been doing, I feel like I have so many R kids virtually right now. That's what I, and so I'm trying to take turns doing each vocalic R for two to three weeks. Um, and so we've been doing like tigers videos. So also working on like saying tigers and individually, and then at the sentence level, then I was working on this with, um, just overall clarity of speech reading comprehension, recalling details, just getting those like full sentences back is just what I need from a lot of my expressive language kids. But then I already was using tigers for the R. So that was helpful. So if anyone is searching for ideas, like things for tigers, tornadoes, campfire, stars, and parrots have been very helpful for me. (laughs) But I took this speech retreat with you and you did something fun with YouTube. It was epic or fail from Ellen. Mm-hmm. That's something that I keep thinking, like, I need to try to do that. That seems so fun. It's so fun. It allows. So Ellen plays this game where she pauses a viral video, like right at that moment where you don't know, like, like the cliffhanger and yeah. the audience. And obviously my speech students decide if it's going to be an epic, everything's going to be amazing. Everything will go right. smooth. They're going to nail that jump. Or will it be a fail, a flop? And we have to use, I like to use it for like predicting. Um, yeah. So we, you know, what evidence, what clues makes you think it's going to be a flop? Why do you think it'll be great? And then you can even work on like social inferencing and like social skills. Like what would you say to that guy that just totally wiped out? And there's so many fun goals that you can work on with it. Um, but yeah. yeah, so fun. So, so fun. And they have, she has like seasonal ones. She has like a winter themed one, a summer themed one. Um like you can like you can use it as like a reinforcer at the end of a session. Just like why not? So many so many cool things. Yeah, yeah. I'm just using YouTube for the rest of my work mm-hmm. until I go on maternity leave. I once so- had a graduate student that found like it was like a soccer player kicking a ball. So soccer, like, and when you mm-hmm. have to like you have to predict if it's gonna like go in the net or not. Oh, so like there you go. Soccer will it go in? You can talk about it. And I like. Are- I like whenever there's a k sound with the er because we're working on that, that mm-hmm. um, trying to cr- increase tension in the tongue and the K sound helps with that. So um, soccer is a good one. I'm going to write that one down. Mm-hmm. I didn't bring anything to the table here. What else do you got? <laughs> Tell um, me more about your YouTube. <laughs> what else? I, so I even especially like you said, like so those carryover articulation things like using like Simon's cat videos, which are like 
two minutes long. You mm-hmm. can watch it, talk about it, and then have this, then you watch it again. And on like, on like mute, even though it's like wordless anyway, and have your student retell it and like maybe be the narrator. Uh-huh. Have them tell what Simon's cat is doing. You can find something. There's one with a spider, so scaredy legs, um, where the spider is all over Simon and the cats. You can like have the student tell all about the spider. Where is the spider? Right. <laughs> There's so, so many things you could so do. So if you had like an early language learner and you're just trying to like basically get them to or, um, just recall details or describe or narrate something longer than words because you pass that, you mm-hmm. can do that. But then if you wanted to maintain that and work on something more complex like R, there's your opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I really do love the Simon's Cat videos because they're like one minute long. So you can use it as like a, almost like an assessment at the end. Like you've been working on teaching them how to use a graphic organizer to organize their thoughts on how to summarize, like using somebody wanted, but so then you finally right. practice, you use a picture, you use this. Now we're going to like get you an opportunity to watch this video that's super fun and engaging and try it on your own. So it's like a great way to like a culminating thing at the end. Right. Yeah. Because it's only so it's so short and you can watch it over and over again. A lot of times our students need that repetition. So I love videos that are short and sweet and to the point. And another thing that you brought up, I love to use that somebody wanted to, but so then finally, um, story for, for answering questions, for organizing Mm -hmm. prior to answering questions, but then also like generating original stories. I like to use that. Mm-hmm. Often, even though it really not- helps our students understand what is important that staying on topic. Um, I have so many students that will just like stray from and give like, like the minute detail that has nothing to do with the yeah. relevance of the story. Like, so they really need to know that they need to understand like what's important, what the character setting problems, like all those things they need to focus in on what's important to be able to retell and restate and, and show what they understand. Right. Cause so often I'll have a student who like, let's say we watched a video on tornadoes. They're going to tell me some whole, it's the other thing about tornadoes that was not even talked about in the video that we worked on, but keeping them with that graphic organizer helps them to just answer questions based on what they saw in front of them instead of just telling me, you know, about the movie Twister or something. Mm-hmm. And what I find so important is it's okay to stop and go with a video when you're doing, when you're pairing it with a strategy, like you have to still teach students how to do the skill. You can't get so focused on the video that you forget that we have to teach them. So it's okay. That's why I love these like Pixar shorts and all those short videos because Mm -hmm. they're only five, six minutes long. You can watch it over and over. You can stop and go, you can rewind. There's no rules. No one said like you have to watched through it we're not testing our students we're teaching them so exactly it's okay to pause it and be like okay did something important happen that we should focus on to fill out a graphic organizer so you can still pair it with like those ed puzzles and asking some like inferential questions throughout it but you need to teach your students how to answer it and how to focus on those important details and you have to still pair it with those strategies right yeah and if you always focus on the same graphic organizer like somebody wanted to but then so finally um then that's how I am. I don't always have that many opportunities to get the student to be working on something um, written physically while I'm working with them virtually. But when I stay consistent with that chart, then they can create that chart for themselves, hold it up and show me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just has been the one of the only ways I've been able to work on 
like written expressive language goals virtually. And I've been loving using uh, Jamboard. So okay. I would, uh, I will share, I will create a Jamboard and share it with my students. We'll be, both be looking at the same Jamboard. It, it's uh-huh. it, it's a Google, it's like Google Drive, Google Slides. Yeah. Um, this so we're all, it's, instead of me sharing my screen, we're all looking at the same thing. So it could have the graphic organizer on there and they can complete it. And we're all looking at the same thing as we're watching the video. And does that work with all of the virtual platforms? I mean, as yeah, yeah. It's just a, they have to just open up a tab. Okay. Yeah, it's so basically they're going to do on like another tab. They'll have the Jamboard link that you sent to them. Okay. And um, and it was just great. I love as on Jamboard, there's like these sticky notes, so you can honestly like have the graphic organizer have all the answers, and they can like just drag and drop where they go. Oh. Um, you can have wrong answers in there. Um, uh-huh. you can make so it's really so it doesn't have to be so like time consuming of them spelling things out. Like you can really scaffold it, but it's great because the students could take turns and everyone's working on that same document and looking at the same thing. So it's really cool. Jamboard. I don't know how I've been doing speech therapy all this time before I talked to you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just holding things up like a lunatic. (laughs) Honestly, and some of my students, they don't have paper and pencil available to them nearby. So it's like, it's just easier. Like here, here's the link, go to that. Um, You you know, you throw the link in the chat and they open it up. Everyone's looking at the same things. And I say, okay, now come back to the video, like come back to, you know, the Google meet watching the video looking now let's go back to the jam board and you have to just teach them to go back and forth right yeah is, is it ideal no but it's the best way to get them doing something independently so you can see if versus them always just telling you what to do it's a great way to like make it interactive without right giving mouse control and things like that right yeah exactly Yeah. And then you're also teaching them, like you said, like the functional skills of utilizing like tabs on a computer and switching back Mm -hmm. and forth. And you can see what they're doing. Like, so if they're like not doing it, you can see, you'll, you'll see that they're not moving it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Cause you're both on the same thing. (laughs) Nice. I love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything else? I mean, we have Ed puzzled. Chrome I guess yeah, so, so I, sh- I shared that I love using Simon's cat. Um, Simon's cat, yes. Some other, and Ellen's epic or fail, some other fan favorites. I love Glued. It's a great YouTube mm. video. Um, was it? Um, Mouse for Sale, The Present, Lily and the Snowman for Wintertime. There's one. Oh, there's a cute one. It's like, are you kidding me? And it's like about a dog peeing all over a school. Kids think it's it's hysterical, like a custodian chasing after it with cleaner, cleaner. It's great. (laughs) Anything like, no, the dog is going to pee all over the school. I'm like, yeah, he is. How do you know? (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, I mean, not in real life. My dog is 14. I just started putting diapers on him. And I will tell you, I have not laughed about <laughs> any of that. <laughs> it's just like, so, there's just so many things you can do. And like, you'll never get bored there that you can always introduce any new skill, anything I'm working on comprehension wise. I love taking the reading piece out and bringing a video in. It just makes it more engaging more, and mm-hmm. more interactive and fun. And if, if we're having fun, our students will have fun too. Exactly. Yes. I totally agree with that. I feel like um, I was speaking at the South Carolina Speech and Hearing Association 
And I took a couple of the courses and by the time it was my turn, I was like, okay, guys, if you would have drank every time you heard intrinsic motivation, like everyone probably would have been wasted by now. Uh, <laughs> it's just like what everyone talks about. But like, I like to focus on the therapist's intrinsic motivation as opposed to, I mean, yeah, the student's intrinsic motivation is important too, but like, you know, if I think it's fun, then I'm going to be in a better mood and then they're going to be more engaged because they're like, wow, she likes it. So it must be fun because I'm very cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. And some skills are challenging. And, and a yeah. lot of our students are avoidant learners and avoidant risk takers. And if we can show them that it can be fun to learn and that they can be successful. Yeah. You got them. You got them for whatever goal you're working on. Absolutely. Another, um, so another channel that I do love on YouTube is Speech and Language Songs by Stephen Neese, another fellow SLP and from South Carolina, um, and also recently had a baby, a lot of things in common. (laughs) Um, And yeah, so he's got just songs for all like core vocabulary words and phrases. And I tend to use this with my individuals who are utilizing AAC who don't always have their AAC. So we're still able to work on core stuff. Um, But then I also have been using them with my very young kids virtually, because, you know, if we're going to be working on increasing expressive language, we should use core words because that makes up the majority of our language. So definitely. um, And I listen to, I'd use his songs a lot. Like when it says 3000 views, I was probably 2,500 of those. <laughs> the, first, the first step to recovery is admitting you have a problem. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like from his hello and goodbye song, he's got a hello and a goodbye song. And I, I just put those at the top and bottom of all of my virtual session with the, with the complex communication needs students and the um, early language learners. So I'm definitely helping him with those stats. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have any of those students currently on my uh, caseload, but I've seen his Instagram. And yeah. if I did have that those students, I would be totally utilizing it. And then I'm singing the songs too all day. So they're good. They're good songs. And <laughs> we then know you're, we know what you're going to be singing to your baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be singing speech and language songs. <laughs> be right out of the womb working on core language. Now, hopefully I'm not a crazy person. I, I can't imagine. Do you do that? Do you therapize your children? Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay. Totally. Good. I mean, not to- so bad, but enough that like, I don't even realize I'm doing it until, until I had a second and then my oldest was doing it to the baby. And I'm like, mm, I wonder where she got it from. <laughs> right. Yeah. Say bear. I'm like, oh my God, that's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. It's good. Perfect. You know, we're talking, we're labeling things. Right. Um, the last thing that I use YouTube for is, um, so if I want, I'll, I'll make a video of myself, just like a confrontational video of me doing like the Bjorn speech sound cues or like the Kaufman Praxis cards or one of my coloring pages. And I will make that video and I'll send it to the parents for them to use as carryover um, because one, carryovers and homework is super important. But then two, I mean, people are always asking me for homework and I just have these all like stocked up. So you don't even have to make them public. You just make them unlisted and you can, great. you can. That's great. And if you, and if you make it generic, you can use it over and over again. It doesn't have to be like, hi, yeah. Johnny and Johnny's family. Like, it's just like, exactly. Hey, you. <laughs> That's what I do. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, <laughs> this is the sound that we're working on. So That's- you keep practicing that at home. 
That's such a great idea because I hate to give homework and have parents teach students things wrong. Right. So it's better off giving them that video model to carry over your techniques. That's great. Right. Yeah. So it's the way that I'm always providing the instruction. The parent then is exposed to seeing me do it in that capacity. And then we have like that auditory and visual feedback. So it's, um, it's super helpful and it's not a piece of paper that is going to, you know, go in the trash. (laughs) We know how that goes. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Um, so something I didn't put in the email, I like to end our episodes with some sort of like quote or mantra, like something that you tell yourself that gets you through your day or anything. Do you have any quotes that you repeat? My my mantra this year more than ever is (laughs) done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. Yes, I like that one too. Like, let's be real. This year is nothing but craziness. And if, yeah. if you if you don't laugh about it, you're going to cry. So let's just exactly. laugh and be, be proud of what we accomplished. Celebrate exactly. the small wins. Yes, I totally, completely agree with that. Done is, com- is way better than perfect. <laughs> Who even wants perfect? done finished students and, and, and your students don't know if it doesn't go as planned also <laughs> no not at all no and then I feel like if you're always like constantly like trying to achieve something you're just always like it's just too much energy going out there you got to like surrender a little bit and just go with the flow so like trying to plan and control for everything it's just it's just energy sucking in so many levels so true. Yeah. So yeah. true. Well, thank you so much for doing this crossover episode with me. I really appreciate it. This is fun. Thank yeah, you for having me. Fun. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and that's our show, everyone. Thank you so very much for listening. If you want to support the podcast even further, check us out on Patreon where we have bonus content. Cheers. Bye.